Alfonso, what's going on, brother? Can you bring that microphone close to you? Maybe like, um, I think they say it's like a fist away. And it's kind of funky. I mean, it's not a legit setup, as you can tell. I, I bought this setup like a year ago um to it's use really it to me. i mean it looks legit right but yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like i mean these things are like made out of aluminum i think these holders so they're all right but um we'll for, make it work. i think based off of the fact that i'm i'm two podcasts in i feel pretty legit i feel pretty awesome about it cool. so i'm gonna put my phone well, you're two podcasts in more than me that's true that's true and I, i've been um listening to a bunch of stuff and i think i've tried to get really serious about um about just like pushing content because i think a lot of the times you get like this paralysis about like i want this to be perfect like i i'm gonna do a video and then you make a make a bunch of mistakes in the video you like stutter or like something doesn't sound right so yeah. you never actually post it i can do it i have like a hundred videos on my phone that of me talking into the video that I never posted just because I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like the shade. I didn't like the spot. I didn't like the way the background looked. Yeah. And then you just kind of come to the realization that it's all just wasted time unless you post it. So yeah. I just decided, dude, I'm going to go with it. Um, I did the first one with Lisa. She, we were supposed to get together for lunch and she's actually EXP as well. Oh, um, cool. and, um, What's her last name? uh, Waddell, Waddell. Yeah. And so, um, she had a great podcast. We were supposed to go to lunch and then I, I was so motivated. I was like, hey, you want to do the podcast with me? Let's just do it here at the office. So yeah. she came and, and we did it. We had no, I literally took this cell phone and I put it in, it has like this uh, really cool podcast app that I use called Anchor. Mm -hmm. And I put it in the middle of the, the table and I just recorded, we just hung out and like had a conversation and it was that simple. But I knew I had this setup from a while back that uh, I used when I originally got the, the podcast going and it still apparently still works. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy about that. No, I'm sure it's going to be great. There's a lot of uh, good content that people should, should be aware of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the mortgage broker, the lender, that's where it all starts, where all the magic happens. I know, right? They, they, I mean, I'd like to think that that's true. I don't know that that's exactly true. Um, but, you know, we try to take care of people the right way. But what's been going on with you, man? What's, uh, tell me about uh, what's been going on with you in uh, real estate. You're a pretty busy guy. Yeah. How do you feel the summer's treated you? I mean, I feel like I um, have been right there hand in hand with you and definitely have noticed it's been, it's been crazy. Lots and lots of yeah. people. No, it's been great. I got no complaints. Um, mm -hmm. To sum it up, I'd say I've just been blessed mm -hmm. you know, the, to be able to have the opportunities that I have. So yeah. uh, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, it's like uh, just roll up my sleeves and get it done. Yeah. So, you know, it's every day just plugging away. And, and uh, it's not really, to me, it's not really work. Because mm -hmm. um, I actually really enjoy it. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun to be able to meet people. Uh, and the whole process. Like me, I, I'm, I'm very analytical, right? So I'll, I'll meet somebody and they have their guard up. Like the, the sales guard, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know the so sales like, guard. They don't want to talk to me because I'm a realtor, right? And then get a little get bit a, closer. They get a bad rep because, you know, realtors can be a little pushy and a little aggressive. So, um, But I like the process of being able to convey to that person that, hey, uh, I'm not here to try to sell you anything. I'm here to help. Right. You know, what goals do you have? And how can I help you achieve that? And then through that process, they, they start to realize, hey, for me, as a realtor, you know, I'm not just in it to, to make a commission check. I'm there to actually help them out, holding their hand through the whole process. And then, you know, midway through, it's like they can 
like a load of bricks they just put down and, and mm-hmm. they're happy with the process and they're excited and that's that's magical to me and it's yeah. not work no yeah it's fun it's, fun. it's, it's uh the passion. So, it's so, it's hard to break down. I think probably the most complicated part from my perspective, and obviously our jobs are very different and also similar in some aspects, but probably breaking down the the sales guard like that yeah. is really, really difficult because, yeah. you know, I would imagine, I wouldn't know what the numbers are, but I'd like to consider myself a pretty, you know, honest and upfront person. But for every one of me and one of you that there are, there's probably 20 on the other side that are just like, dude, whatever I can do to close this deal. Or And so I, I feel like what ends up happening is that people have, I guess they have... Um, not a right to, but they have, there's a reason why they feel that way because they've probably been in situations before where they felt like they were getting pushed mm-hmm. or they felt like maybe people weren't acting in their best interest. So when they meet people that are doing those things, it takes them a little bit of time to figure yeah. out like, are you really, or what are you really about? And, and you yeah. know, what are you really going to do for me? That sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I run into that people, those type of people all the mm-hmm. time where, uh, and then after, you know, they warm up to me and they realize that that's not what I'm about, mm-hmm. they'll start telling me the horror story that they've been through personally or a friend or a family member. I'm like, gosh, like, to me, that's, like, unfathomable because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's unethical. But then I, I you know, I, I take what I do seriously so mm-hmm. I can't even comprehend, like, somebody doing that. I've heard some crazy, I mean, I've heard yeah. some crazy, crazy stories about things that happen in real estate. And I've been, I've been a part of some crazy, you know, stories, but usually those are just kind of like, um, crazy final approvals, things that we have to do, you know, to help a person, you know, get the final approval, but never anything on the negative side where we're just like, wow, I can't believe this person did this or that. Never anything like that. I've been pretty fortunate so far. So I don't know, but yeah, but yeah, man, that's good. The summer, you feel a difference in, you know, um, the summer kind of coming to a close now with August getting back into school. Do you think things right now are pretty much the same? Things are rolling along just the same. It's still, it's still busy for me. Um, I just think like since summer hit, people are ready, where before people were just looking. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if after summer ends if that's gonna you know slow down a bit a little bit mm-hmm. i i imagine that it would it did last year um but oh then God, that's last sort year was of crazy like your, i mean there's still people out there the way i look at it is it's still gonna be people out there who want to sell mm-hmm. or they want to buy a home right people got to move for various reasons obviously in the summertime it's it's the peak season because mm-hmm. people want to do it before school starts right but uh you know, whatever's out there and whatever mm-hmm. I can do to help service and, and facilitate that process. You know, right. That's what I'm here for. So, um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I um, I probably last year was such a crazy year. It was a year where I was um, going through a lot of transition and getting ready to make some, you know, big changes. And I remember, uh, I want to say it was July, August, September, and October um, had probably like, no, 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 sorry. It was up to September. I had probably like the biggest, at that point, you know, I had the biggest months of my career. I was like super excited and everything was going great. And then October came and I don't know if if you remember this time, well, not this time last year, but last year, October rates like just got awful for about a whole month. They got really close to five. I mean, they were like at four and a half, 4.7, 4.8. I mean, they were getting close to 5%, and you could feel the apprehension in 
in clients because I had lots of people that were pre-approved, but it was almost like everyone stopped buying right in October. And uh, in October, I had zero closings, none, zero. And I remember feeling like my whole world was coming apart. I was just like, oh my God, what happened? What did I do wrong? Like I was so stressed out because obviously... I mean, you know, um, I have a, a baby girl now and um, a, fam- a family man now. And at that point, you know, you're concerned about being able to provide for your family. Right. And this industry can be so crazy because there are there are ups and downs and ups and downs. And I remember just losing so much sleep over that month and like losing it. And I have this coach that I work with all the time. And thank God for him. Um, you know, he he's helped me a lot. His name's Drew. Um, he's with the core training. I'm not sure if you know what that program is, but they do real estate and, and, uh, mortgage as well. And they just kind of train you on like, you know, how to do things and how to, you know, put together your business and, and do good things for good people, that sort of thing. And I was telling him about my month in October and he was, he told me something that was, you know, pretty honest and straightforward is that sometimes those things are going to happen. And if you just focus on, um, you know, doing positive work and doing good work, enjoying your life, enjoying, you know, the, the work that you do and the help that you provide, those months are going to happen, but, you know, it'll eventually turn. And so it almost happened to a teen. It's weird because I just kept doing what I do. I kept helping people, sitting down with them, educating them, informing them. I didn't change anything about what I did because I kept thinking to myself, I did something wrong and that's why this happened. But I just I just stuck with what Drew told me, just kept doing exactly what I always do and just consistent and dedicated and, you know, hardworking. And then almost it was almost like popping out of from underneath like a a big wave. I just felt like right back to business. As soon as November hit, it was just back to normal. And then everything, you know, got back into its place. I I heard you just had like one of your best months last month. That's crazy. Yeah, last month in, in June. <clears throat> and um, gosh, in the last podcast, I was just talking about it with Lisa and I was telling her I never like to post things about, you know, how successful we've been, but it was a huge milestone for me. And I, I didn't, I don't even look at those things. I don't really look at the rankings from our company and to try to see where I'm at. And I don't like to concern myself too much with that. But uh, my branch manager, Mel, came and told me that that was the case. And I honestly didn't believe her. I was just like, ah, she's just like, pump, you know, just pumping me full yeah blowing smoke and just kind of like making me feel good about myself for whatever reason then it made me curious and i'm like i'm gonna look it up and i looked it up and sure enough sure enough so it was great um it was a great milestone for me and you know it's because of people like you and other people that trust me you know helping their clients and helping their families through this process and that's what that's what it's about i mean that's what you do you try to guide people in making good decisions and not getting taken advantage of and i do the same and for any you know realtor that's out there that's getting started and listens to this podcast, the last t- conversation we had with Lisa was about the same thing. It was about talking with them and making sure that when you're first starting out, it's important to surround yourself with the right people because those people, in essence, they represent your business and they represent the style of work that you want to do for your clients, right? Well, well not only that, uh, it sets the foundation of how you perceive the industry. Mm-hmm. So if you go into a brokerage or surround yourself with with super intense sales focused type people, mm-hmm. then that's what you're gonna think real estate's all about. And so uh, my first brokerage uh, was like that. I, at least I felt that way. And um, and the reason why I switched to EXP Realty is I, I um, came in contact with somebody that was totally 
opposite of that, very super successful, mm-hmm. and um, you know that that kind of that's that's why I wanted to be around. So I'm like, you know, I'm I'm switching just for this guy. Um, his name is Keith Dublay, by the mm-hmm. way. I don't know if you. No, I have not. Super great guy. Um, and so that, you know he. This is at EXP. This is at EXP, right. really, and it's, it's kind of funny because the way I met him was was uh, he was the watchdogs. Um, coordinator for my son's elementary school and so i was volunteering what is the what's the watchdogs watchdogs is a uh, a program that the schools have where the dads come in and they patrol the school oh man that is sweet you'll probably when your daughter grows up you'll probably experience that but it is cool yeah you get you get a nice little Mm t-shirt you get to walk around and and you have to high five all the kids. That is freaking out. awesome, man! So, uh, oh it, man, that's it so cool. Like a, the, the purpose of it is to create a male presence in the in the in the, um, in the school in the school to mm-hmm. sort of provide a positive leadership to uh, the kids that need it, mm-hmm. and then not only that, like an extra buffer of security. So um, kids feel safe and yeah, yeah, and it's really it's kind of cool because you get to go to your kid's school and, and hang out in their classroom if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, your kid gets to see you walk in the hallways and they're like, oh, right, cool, that's my dad. Yeah. Like, especially at that age. Where it's, it's, Where it's actually still cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my daughter, on the other hand, so we did. How many do you have? Two. You have two? two. What, 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 what? Uh, she's 14. She's starting to make me ill. Oh, man. Uh, you are right not now, cool at all. You no, are. No, no, no. Yeah, she's, she's, she's in color guard camp this mm-hmm. summer. Okay. So I dropped her off and she's like, and I'm driving to this spot where I'm supposed to drop her off and she's like, you know, 20 feet away she's like right here's fine (laughs) (laughs) before anybody sees you right 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 so she can uh so she can go take her stuff out and walk and join her friends i'm like all right cool you know it's i can i can see that yeah i was that age i can get it yeah i I was kind of that way too um you know i just gotta let them sort of grow into who they're gonna be but anyway so uh back to the reason why i switch and, and helping people and all that stuff that's who I wanted to be when I first came into real estate because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like this, this salesperson doing mm-hmm. cold calls and bugging people all day. Right. Um, I wanted to help people, you know, get into a home, which, which by the home, which by the way, for me, a, a person's home is it's kind of like a sacred place. Of course. That's where all the special moments happen in, in your life uh, with your family, mm-hmm. and that's where you grow with your family. And, and uh, whenever you got to sell it, you know, you're sort of leaving a piece. Mm-hmm. Of you and your history behind it, and you're moving to a new one. You got to make sure that it's going to be right for that family. So that's that was my whole mindset. I didn't get that where I was before. I get it now, um, and then that's one of the reasons why I partner up with you and mm-hmm. I send you a lot of right. leads is because I, I can see you're on the same mindset right. that I am as far as like it's we're here to try to help people's dreams and goals come right. through, and that's. Yeah, that's part of why we do the survey for the closing gift. This is exactly what you said is I I would tell people that that moment when they purchase a house is a special it's a special moment in time. And that that survey is a memento of when that house was built and when they surveyed the land and had the plans for this property. Um, It has a lot of memories already in it, but it's also a memento of all the memories that are to come for this family that are moving into it because it is a really, really, really special moment. And I think that anybody, whether you're a lender listening to this or a realtor or a title agent or you're just Joe Schmo hanging out at the house and you like the podcast for whatever reason, um, you're, you're missing out on a ton of joy and excitement and fun in this industry if 
you don't appreciate how special what we do is. Uh, and as cliche and cheesy as that sounds, it's real. I mean, I feel like what I see a lot of the times online are the kind are posts that to me like scream of the whole kind of get rich quick mentality where it's like million dollar listings and this and this and that and it's just kind of like to me I get it those things are important and and they're big milestones for a lot of people undoubtedly there's there's a lot of business to be had in Austin but um, I love helping uh, clients accomplish something that they thought that maybe they could never do and and to see how special those moments are I have a couple of them that come to mind right now and I don't want to you know use their names but clients that we've closed together that I know for them it was such a huge milestone and you yeah. can see how special it is for them when they bring their family with them to the title company and they're you know they're excited and then you can almost see that they're a little nervous but for the yeah. most part they're super excited about that special moment I love that man I live for it and I never ever thought I mean never not once in my life growing up as a kid can I ever remember thinking to myself that I wanted to grow up and be a lender? I mean, who does that? And somehow I'm here and uh, it's been unbelievable. It's been great. And yeah, yeah, and yeah been very happy with, uh, with the way things have gone. But I want to go back a little bit because you brought up the kids, man. And, I, and I, I can't help but beam every time I think about my little girl because she's completely, I mean, she's completely changed everything. And you have two of them now. Yeah. And you've been through that process, you? man. I was, uh, well, maybe, 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 I don't know. But mm -hmm. I think where you're going with that is like, you know, now that you're a father. Yeah. And you're responsible for this, this human being. Yeah. You become a totally different person. Mm -hmm. Or at least a person that you want your daughter to be proud of. Right. Right. The same situation with me when, I, when my daughter was born. I was 24. I had no direction in life. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so my, you know, she, she wasn't planned. And uh, she came into my life, and then at, from the first moment that I held her, mm -hmm. held her, you know, was like a, I don't know, like a, my eyes were open. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, okay, I gotta get my shit together. Fuck yeah, I, I, absolutely not. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta get my shit together, and I gotta be the man and the father I need to be for her. And they're both girls. No, no, no. My my daughter and then my son. The son. That's my right. Son. Yeah. That's right. So the the son totally different story. Like me and him have like a a bro kind of relationship. Of my daughter, she you know she's you know princess girl. baby girl. Yeah, yeah. And, and you you can probably identify with that. Dude, so. it is a powerful powerful feeling. I never, I never, anticipated anything like that, man. I mean, I um, it's indes indescribable. I was telling someone the other day that before we had Cecilia. I remember friends that had children talking about kids and I remember being in the room and being like oh Jesus Christ here we go they're gonna start talking about their kids and mm -hmm. talking about this clothes here and going to go see this movie and it's all kids 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 and it just kind of like made me sick because I felt like it would change the atmosphere that we were in and now that I have a girl um, I just now that I have a child it's just a, it's the moment that somebody starts talking about kids like I want to know more about their kid I want to know mm -hmm. about their kids I want to know you know what their kids are like what are they doing what are they into how do they act how do they behave uh, because it's it's even though it's not my child it's uh, it's a way for me to like kind of connect with that person on something that they're going with or going through similarly like, at the time mm -hmm. I just took Cecilia to the for her first in theater movie ever which was last night at um, 
the Alamo Draft House. How old is she now? She's two. Two, okay. Yeah. Oh, those are funny years. Yeah, yeah, so we went to go see The Lion King. Okay. Dude. She like it? Oh, my God. I, we didn't know if she would even make it through the movie because sometimes even just watching a movie at home, she'll get bored and she'll start wanting to play or whatever. Mm. But she was so captive, and she just sat and watched the movie the whole time. Man, let me tell you something. You know, I mean, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen The Lion King by now, you have nobody to blame by yourself. It's been in cartoon. By the way, don't spoil it for me. I haven't seen it yet. No. My, my okay, so... Alfonso, you're not, you're kidding me. I'm, 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 it's on my to-do list. Hold okay. on, time. <laughs> hold the hell up. You mean to tell me you've never seen the cartoon Oh, version. I've seen the cartoon. Okay, well then... But not, not okay. the movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I hear that it's very, very similar, but... Yes. It's a different experience, so totally. I'm not gonna spoil anything okay. about the experience, okay, okay. but you do know that Mufasa. Now, now I get your outrage. Here. Okay, uh, you know what happens to Mufasa. Yeah, I, I know, okay, I know. all right, all right. I didn't want to spoil that for you in case you hadn't seen <laughs> The Lion King. No, since I was a kid. It, it came it, out in 1995. I think it captivated <laughs> me when I was a kid. Oh, it was one of my favorite powerful. movies yeah. all time. Yeah, uh, especially the scene where you know what happens with Mufasa in case you haven't seen it, and it was so crazy because. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much Ceci really picks up about what's going on around her. But the moment that that happens, she screams and she's like, Dad! And she starts yelling like, and she starts crying. Wow. And I'm thinking, I, I started straight up sobbing because I couldn't believe that this little girl knew what was happening and that she was, um, that she had the amount of like empathy or feeling inside of her that it took to even have that reaction. So I was blown away. I could not freaking believe it. And then she calmed down and all of that stuff. She finished watching the movie, but it's such, it's such a trip to watch them grow up and it's a blessing to have them. And to be honest with you, um, I don't know where I would be without that girl because the amount of motivation that, a child gives you to provide and uh, to protect and all of that stuff it is there's nothing compared to that and so now it gives you more purpose oh sure it definitely yeah. gives you more purpose and and I can totally relate now to so many more people and situations like I, I another one of the situations I always think of is when I'm in a plane and there's a parent that has a kid that's screaming and crying mm -hmm. remember before before Ceci oh man I was so mad with that person I'd be yeah. like why why the hell would you bring your kid hmm. on a flight? Like, just being yeah. so angry. And now it's yeah. just like, what's wrong with the kid? Like, what can I do? Can I help huh. you? Like, let me help you out with that. Yeah, because yeah. you know and you can relate. But uh, it's special. It certainly is special. I don't know if we'll have another. I don't know what your comments you would be. You should. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially now, as she's two, you don't want her to get too old. Because, well, my kids are two years apart. And mm -hmm. they grew up together. Which right. is really cool. And then for me and my family... Me and my sister are two years apart, uh -huh. uh, and my older brothers were uh, were five years, mm -hmm. uh, five years for me, and then five years for the other one. Right. But me and my sister, we were always into things, mm -hmm. and yeah, we were a lot closer. And then we went through those years, and my kids are going through it right now. But we went through those years where we were fighting and bickering with yeah. each other, and it's kind of surreal for me because I see that happening with my kids. Mm -hmm. I remember the same exact scenarios. 2019 happening with my uh, with my kids now that I went through with my sister mm -hmm. back then and it's just it's cool well it's, I mean it kind of isn't because you see like okay that's that's a bad example to be right right but it's kind of cool because it becomes a, a teachable moment to your kids where okay. you can help guide them through that and my kids in my perspective are doing a lot better than I was at their age right. so 
so you know it's a source of pride where, where were you at their age though like where where did you grow up well my dad was in the military uh, in the army <clears throat> hold on that's okay you can care <coughs> that's one of the cool things about um, like um, free flowing podcasts is you don't really have any need to <coughs> cut or anything I was eating uh, one of those uh, one of those cliff bars that had like, oh, a little boat so like yeah. something got stuck in there anyways so my dad was in the army I was born in Fort Hood, and then we moved to Germany. We were there for eight years. You we, were your Germany? Well, we were in Germany. My my sister was born in Germany, but I was born in Fort Hood. And then as soon as I was born, maybe like a year after, uh, my dad was stationed in Germany, and we lived there for eight years. My that's where my wow. sister was born, and then we moved back to Fort Hood, uh, and then he got out in '92, and then we just moved to Austin. Uh, since we were like, and, and then, you know, during that time we were moving around all the time as, as military families do. Right. So, uh, we didn't have anybody in Austin mm-hmm. and my, my, my parents came here for a 5k run and it's all the city. It's like beautiful. And this is back before it is what it is now. And they were like, well, fuck it. Let's just move there. Yeah. Right. And so we did it. We, we planted roots and, and it's all good now, but, but great. But, I mean, great decision. I would think. Oh yeah. 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 No, I, cause it was either that or Chicago where they were, where they were from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and going to Chicago it's a great city and all but it's not the place where I want to live mm-hmm. and here in Austin for sure but uh, but moving around you sort of rely on, on family because you're moving around every few years so you gotta be a tight knit family and, and, and uh, we bickered and fought a lot but we still had a lot of love and respect for each other for sure yeah that happens that's normal I mean, yeah I mean I, I look back on my relationship with my brother my sister and I for a long time we weren't that close because she's 10 years apart so she was always like way ahead of where I was. My brother's five years apart. Um, and even though he was pretty far ahead, you know, every time I would get into a school, he would be leading it. So like, mm-hmm. you know, when I went from elementary to middle school, by the time I got to middle school, he was already in high school. By the time I got to high school, he went to college. Mm-hmm. By the time I got to college, we got to be in college together for a little while just because he had moved around a little bit. And we ended both ended up at UT for about a year together. Um, and in that year, that I came to UT my freshman year, he, that was his graduation year. He left to study abroad and went mm-hmm. to, uh, I want to say he went to like Germany and Italy and a couple of other places. So oh, cool. we never like really got to hang out too much during our school years, but we were always really, really close and we stayed really collect- connected. Um, and in fact, I probably need to do a better job of it now just because now with the, with the kid and you know, with the family, it's like you're working, you get home, you see your kid and your wife for like an hour and a half, and then you're like, boom, back to sleep and start all over again. Before you know it, like 10 years go I by. I know, man, and that's what I don't yeah. want to have happen. We're really, really happy and excited right now because uh, my sister-in-law, Audrey, just got a job, a big job here in Austin. So it's like we got one of them, and she's gonna, she's in the process. In fact, she should be here already this week. She's in the process of... Uh, moving over to Austin and now we just got to find my brother a job so if anybody you know I'll, I'll put out a post for his job later but um, tell him uh, to get his real estate license I, that's what I told him man yeah. I told him the same thing I told him to get his real estate license good people. he's been good people. reluctant to do so so I hope if he's listening that he finally gets his act together and does it remember when I texted you and I asked you for oh, yeah, what you yeah, used yeah. that's what it was for my brother oh, okay. wanted to find out you know where he could do some training and, and find out a little bit more about about you know going into real estate so we'll see what he ends up doing but it's good to have family around i mean it's been real special i brought my mom up to austin uh, my sister's here in cedar park uh, obviously she works here with me uh, in the office your sister worked here yeah 
Mickey. Oh, I didn't know she was your sister. Yeah, Mickey's oh, my okay. sister. Oh, okay. Mickey is my sister. Cool, cool. Yeah. So right. I'm going to do a podcast with her because she quit her job. So she was a teacher. She's been uh-huh. a teacher for I don't know how many years. I don't want to say and, and date her. She'll kill me. But she's <laughs> been a teacher for a while. And she loves her job. She loved it. Um, but she wanted to try yeah, something it's so weird. New. Like, it's the whole time. Yeah. Like, talking with I don't Mickey, know why. I thought, you. That, I thought that you knew, but I don't know. I guess well, it's kind of like my up. mom you right. know, helping me make the phone calls. For sure, calls. yeah. yeah. So, uh, fa- family, for sure, is somebody you can count on. And that's why I like to... Me, me and my well, it's family. a family business, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, not just like my business and your business, but this is a a business that is, it's all about family. It's all about protecting our clients and letting them establish a route so that they can, you know, work on the things that matter to them to the most, or yeah. the things that matter to them the most, which are their family, you know, mm-hmm. and focusing on that. So, yeah, Mickey's my sister. She cool. quit teaching. She was teaching at Leandra ISD. And she just quit cold turkey, man. And she decided to go for it. So she's in the middle of this crazy journey. I'm really excited for her. Hopefully everything uh, works out. No well, pressure. It was a good hire. It was a great so. hire. Yeah. It was a great hire. So we'll see her right, though. I'm Better trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> it's, fu- it's funny working with um, a brother or a sister just because there's not as much of a filter, you know, when you're trying to be politically correct yeah. or really nice or say things in a particular way not to offend someone in the workplace. Um, there's not a lot of that because we can be a little bit more direct with one another and not, you know, totally or completely offend each other because right. we know, you know, we're going to be family no matter what. Uh, there's good to good and bad to that for sure, but it works and she's amazing. She does a great job oh, she and does, she's yeah, going to keep getting sure. better and better. But yeah, man, I mean, family, family's great and I'm happy. I'm, I'm real lucky that things are going well in that regard, but we'll mm-hmm. see if we end up having more kids. She has not brought it up to me. So I'm just gonna keep writing it out, but you're probably right. You at about two years, yeah. at about two years, you're right. It means that Ceci wouldn't have a sibling until about she's three. Someone getting mm-hmm. closer to three years old. So now it's starting. To, the gap's starting to get a little bit yeah. further apart. But um, so like my kids are two years apart, <clears throat> but um, they 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 were at elementary together. Mm-hmm. They're gonna miss middle school together. But when my daughter's a senior, my my son will be a freshman. Freshman, yeah. So it was kind of cool because it was like that for me and my sister too. Mm-hmm. Like I was a senior, uh, the big dog. I yeah, was, yeah, right? yeah. And she was a, a freshman, so it was kind of cool for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and funny story is, is that that's how I met my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both part of the, the dance team, and so uh, you know I played football, mm-hmm. and so when it came you out, you met your wife in high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. kid, yeah. dude, are you kidding me? I, I we, okay. I met her in high school, uh-huh. but we didn't start dating until after I graduated. Got it. Um, okay. And I'm glad it worked out that way because I was a totally different guy than I was in high school than I was. Isn't out. that the truth? Yeah. Um, so you know, I played football. My my sister was on the dance team, mm-hmm. and um, my wife was her big sister. Like mm-hmm. she was the one sort of like trading her and and mm-hmm. showing her you know the ropes and all that stuff. Got so it. when it came out that I was her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then there was that attraction mm-hmm. from her end. Right. Uh, at that time, I, you know, like I was doing my own thing. Right. But later on on the line, since she knew my sister and they were still both they on the dance team, yeah. then that's where, you know, that sort of relationship grew. And mm-hmm. now we're married, two kids, and uh, oh, yeah, life amazing. Together. High school sweethearts do exist yeah. to some degree. I mean, yeah. maybe not high school sweethearts, but pretty dang close, right? Yeah. Well, we started dating when she was a senior, and I already had graduated two years after, and I was... Okay, so then yeah. technically, technically, yes. Technically, sort of, yeah, but, you know, she, she calls me her high school. 
nice that's a great i mean that's amazing i yeah no i mean i i was i often have this conversation about how different we are when we're young and how the timing of relationships is so like it's so particular because angelina and i we met through match we met through match.com mm-hmm. and i was 27 or 28 or something like that and and um we met um we were gonna go to dinner at the belmont uh downtown in austin i don't know if you know where the belmont is it's, it's off of sixth street and on west sixth street and it was it used to be like a restaurant slash event center mm-hmm. we show up and it was closed they had like shut it down and we're just like hey. what do we do like uh, i didn't have a, a plan b so we just went across the street to this place called star bar and that's the first place we ever went uh for our first date and we just sat down and had a couple of drinks and got to know each other we'd been we've been inseparable since that moment and i never you know i never thought that something like that you know could occur but i always tell angelina that had we met even like two years earlier or a year earlier it would have never worked because mm-hmm. the guy or the person that i was before i turned around 28 or so I was a completely different person like I was just mm-hmm. another I wouldn't even know that I was a, a human being at that point like I was just in another place entirely completely self-centered and self-focused and not really thinking about anybody else but myself and it just is so random to me how you can meet these people at such a specific time in your life that it it just like yeah clicks and it works yeah. and I'm, I'm lucky she's I think we all go do that you know, different parts of our lives. And, and me and Veronica, um, you know, we've done a lot of growing up. We were together since we were young. Yeah. And uh, I think some of that self-centered selfishness was still there on both of our ends. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were able to to work through it. She's not going to listen to this, is she? Because... She might. I don't know. <laughs> she's she's going to be like, she, both of our... <laughs> she's, well, you know, she's... She definitely is my better half. She's, mm-hmm. she's got more patience. She's got more love and, and more of the, the, the touchy-feely type thing of, of the, the relationship. She's right. the yin to my yang. Me, I'm more of like business-minded and, and getting shit done and uh, making things run in a sort of an orderly fashion. I, right. I, I like to make things orderly. And mm-hmm. She's, she's uh, the opposite, but she's you know an amazing mother, an amazing wife. And, yeah. Uh, it sounds like compliment each other yeah it sounds like um angelina and myself as well angelina very artistic very kind of like um flying off the cuff like nothing really in order but like in her brain like that madness just like works for her right Mm -hmm. but amazing mother amazing wife i mean i couldn't be more thankful and i am very much like that i'm like very yeah you know in order i think most men are yeah you think so yeah i think well i mean I think so, yeah. I mean, yeah. My, my dad, well, I got a lot of the military sort of instilled in me because my dad grew up. Oh, military, yeah. So, uh, you know, he used to give me the white glove treatment. No way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was sort of doing that with my son, too, and, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's hard-headed like I am, so we're, we're bumping heads a little bit right now. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's the cycle of... At 12, go. oh, man, I want to say that I was not... I was a really solid child. I have this conversation with my mom a lot. I was, I feel like a really solid child until I was about 18 years old. And when I was 18, technically I'm an adult. I'm not the responsibility. I was going off to college, but I feel like that is right around when I just went off the rocker and was like, 
Let loose is so good. Let, I would let completely let loose. I was like a man now in my own brain and was like, you guys don't matter or anything like that. I'm, I'm a grown-ass man. Um, and it's probably when I made all, most of the biggest mistakes of my life were between 18 and 25, 26, somewhere around there. But when I was, even until I was 17, and even until I was in high school, I was pretty much a, a pretty, like a goody tissues. Uh, is that goody tissue, yeah. Goody tissue. Goody tissues. I don't know how they say that. But, um, that, but that's yeah. probably dating us right now because I don't think the. the yeah, who knows? Everybody's like, what? What the hell, what the hell, hell does that mean? <laughs> But my friends from back home make fun of me because every time we all get together, although it's seldom, but when we get together, they always make fun of me because I'm always the one that has like rational thoughts about the things that we're doing. Well, I'm the guy that's going to be like, oh, we shouldn't do that. Like, we're probably going to get in trouble for that. Mm. Or like, hey, this is a little dangerous. Maybe we should. They're always on me about that because I'm always the guy that doesn't want to push the envelope. Yeah. Um, I guess I've always been that way since I was a little kid. That's so probably... you push the envelope during those years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. From 18 you, you to know 25, 26. You know what's funny about that, because I think about it sometimes, is like, you know, I was the same way too. Well, actually, I kind of like was in trouble mm -hmm. or pushed the envelope, we'll say, since middle school, uh, all the way up until, I guess, my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. um, the, the good thing about it and the blessing, I guess, for me and you here is that we didn't get ourselves into too much trouble. Right. Uh, I've had friends who were on the same, well, probably the same, maybe worse, who... who mm -hmm gotten in trouble and are still dealing with the aftermath oh so. my gosh yeah I think about that a ton I was in a horrible horrible car accident when I was younger I almost killed one of my best friends if not my best friend he's gonna get mad because I said one of my best friends I almost killed one of my best friends you better be your best friend since you almost killed him <laughs> I know right yeah Jason you can be my best friend so yeah. don't worry about it I almost killed my best friend in a car accident. It was terrible. It was a stupid, stupid thing and uh, got really, really close. And I look back on that and I think just how life can change like at a just a drop of a dime, a blink of an eye and everything is completely different mm -hmm. than and it's like it's almost like a, you're on a track, right? And your life is going in this direction and everything is going and all of a sudden in a blink of an eye, it's like going off yep. and veering in some other direction because of one tiny little decision that you make mm -hmm. and that's something that when you know when Ceci gets older I want I hope that I can somehow instill that in her I know that to some degree they just have to figure it out on their own but uh, I hope that I can help her understand that you know all of the decisions that we make have you know have consequences and life can change so quickly like so so quickly i'm like i'm so lucky that nothing happened to jason that nothing happened to really to anybody everybody was was fine but it was you know could've. a second later or yeah. half a second and it could have changed everything you wouldn't so. be sitting here i wouldn't be it. sitting here yeah no yeah. no no not even a chance so it's a, I, I consider that a blessing man for That's sure things I, and i actually you know honestly believe in that yeah so uh and yeah, circling back around to to the family, mm -hmm. especially kids, you you want to sort of guide them, and, and protect them from that. But mm -hmm. like how you said, you know, there's there's a little bit of that where they got to figure it out on their own, and you just sort of pray that that things don't get out of control, mm -hmm. right? You know, and that's I think as a parent, it's the best you can do. Now, did you get a lot of did you get a lot of guidance from your parents uh, about th those like those life? lessons because I like I look back and I tell my I tell my mom all the time my dad passed away mm. a few years back and I always tell her that it was re it's really funny for me looking back because I don't ever really feel like my my mom or my dad sat me down and had the talk about anything in particular about mm. drugs 
or sex or alcohol or what's right and what's wrong. I don't remember them ever doing anything like that. You know, in the, in the way that people talk about it now, you know, sitting down and having these conversations with your kids, I don't remember that ever happening. But I knew from observation, like it was like observing my mom and observing my dad and how they acted and the way that they treated other what people. What about your older brothers? Did you get any example from that, from seeing? I learned did? a lot from my older brother about what not to do. Me uh, here, me, me too. And I love you, yeah. bro. Love you. Hey, <laughs> my heart beats for you, my friend. Or at but, least how to get away with it, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and the thing is that my brother is super chill. He's like uh, the nicest guy, smart, probably the smartest person that I know. And... Um, He's a great human being. He just he made some mistakes when he was younger, mm-hmm. and that's the way it goes. And I was fortunate enough that I'm not saying I I learned and I never made mistakes, but there were some mistakes that I didn't make because I was able to observe him make them and and be wary of them, you know, right. be prepared for them. Yeah, and that certainly helped. But I never got to talk. Nobody ever sat me down and talked to me about, you know, drug, sex, alcohol, um, you know, nothing like that. It was just observation like Mm -hmm. seeing my dad and how my dad treated and spoke to people you know how he cared about people the same thing with my mom Um, I feel like I got empathy like loving and caringness from my dad believe it or not Mm -hmm. and I got hard work grit determination from my mother Um, and um, but it was all from just observing the way that they are and that's Mm -hmm. how I became who I am but did you do you remember anything like that like sit downs or Mm -hmm. talks or no no no, like well my dad uh, it was very stoic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't any of the emotions, and and I never got to sit down and mm-hmm. talk with him. And and um, not that he did a bad job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, looking back as an adult, at the time, I you know, I I, I kind of maybe harbored some some mm-hmm. some like resentment because right. I felt like we didn't have a good relationship. Right. right. He was the uh, authoritarian type person. Yeah. Um, whenever I got out of line, you know, that's when spankings were, yeah. were uh was a thing for I'm sure. Not sure they oh, are yeah. now but uh i got spanked a lot got a lot of chunk less in my time oh i got the belt the be- i got yeah i got the belt <laughs> one time i remember but um but you know that, that kind of thing builds character so uh for me you know i, I felt like my dad didn't like me mm-hmm. because i was always getting disciplined mm-hmm. but looking back on it now as a father and, and being wise in the years that i've been around i can see that he was doing the best that he can right with what he had to work with because he grew up in a different generation. Yeah. His dad passed away when he was young, so he uh, his life's totally different. Right. Than, than, and he was just what, what basically what it boils down to. He was trying to give me a better opportunity than what he had, and uh, the sort of delivery of that was what didn't agree with me. But right. that was my my fault. My your interpretation of the delivery for sure. Right. So the things that I learned um, was a lot of it was you know my. I got some of the talk from my older brothers because mm-hmm. my next older brother is five years older than me and the other one's 10. So they're similar to yours. So, uh, and then seeing what they were going through uh, right. at their times in their lives. And I could sort of, you know, digest that and come up with my own, you know, way of, of navigating life. So, um, and it worked out. But, um, you know, if I can go back and change it, um, you know, I, I guess I would have been a better son to my dad. Yeah. You know, and, and appreciate him a little bit more. He's uh, fortunately he's still around, and, and and you know we've been able to sort of reconcile. And, right. And uh, you know I, I love my dad, and, and you and, should, and, man. And uh, I appreciate everything that he's done for me. Um, 
I guess that sometimes it's some sometimes kid you know the siblings and, and and sons and daughters don't do as much for their parents but I, I definitely do really appreciate the life that I've had because I know that my parents did the best that they could you know? yeah I mean we it's it's hard for us to quantify yeah quantify like the amount of hardship that our parents must have been through to get us to where we are right now mm -hmm. and it's hard because you don't see any of that stuff. You just start existing when you exist, and then you're just kind of caught up as a child in your own life in your day-to-day. -day. Right. Um, and so it's hard to see everything that they've been through and to understand why they say and act and do the things that they do. I've told, um, I don't know if I've ever said this to my mom, but I, I hope I have. I feel like I have. And she knows better than to take it personal or anything like that. But when I was a little kid, maybe oof, I would say between 14 and 17, you know, I hated my mom. Man, like I hated her. Not like hated her like I wanted her to die. Like I hated her like I hated her because she was so strict. Like everything like had to be a certain way. Like cleaning my room. I sound so silly, but like cleaning my room, coming home at a certain time, not being allowed to stay at other people's houses because she thought that that was offensive, like for other people to be taking care of her children. Um, I mean, it was just rule after rule after rule. And I, and I would see other kids basically be able to do whatever the hell they wanted. And I mm -hmm. never got it. Like, I, I remember one time staying. That's a good thing, though. Yeah. You know, looking at today's generation. Oh, my God. Uh, it was a great thing. Yeah. And I thank my mother for it. Every time we talk about this subject, I tell her that I'm so thankful that she did not care about being my best friend because I feel like that's a mistake that a lot of times people make as parents is that mm -hmm. they want to be, it's one thing to be friendly with your child and to have fun and to be a, be a bud, you know? It's another thing to be so concerned with being your child's best friend that you can't discipline and you can't enforce rules because they don't respect what you have you to say or take you serious yeah. and I feel like it's a, it's a mistake that a lot of people can make and I thank my mom for it all the time because I can't imagine how different I would be had she not been so strict with me because mm -hmm. as I started making friends when I left my, my household and I came to college you know even though I was probably the most rambunctious during that time I still had standards for the type of people I would allow to be in my life you know mm -hmm. and I still remembered things that my mom and my parents taught me and when I would meet people that it would automatically rub me the wrong way because I just felt like those things aren't right like there's something inside that's telling me that this isn't right you know mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and it's that little voice from your past and the way that you were raised and the things that they teach you and so I'm really thankful for things like that and I did get some chanclas I did get some some belts very few beltings uh, but I do remember a couple of very specific ones when I was I mean looking back on it I know people have their opinions about getting spanked and all of that stuff but man was your was your mom a, a single parent my mom was not a single parent no my, oh. my dad was around my they were as traditional and loving a family as you could ask for oh you said your dad passed away my right? dad passed away but he passed away like um, seven years ago or something like that oh I was, I was recent adult. oh okay okay, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought you had said that he passed away when you were No, 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 okay. no, no. My dad passed away as an adult. Um, and yeah. that was really rough, yeah. But yeah. but um, but no, I mean, it, I was very blessed and I was very thankful. So your mom was the uh, authoritarian. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you'd ask dad something and then mom would be like, or he would be like, <laughs> ask your mom. And I'd be like, God dang, dad, I came to you for a yeah. reason, bro. Like, yeah. I know you're going to say yes. Yeah. Just say yes so that I can go back with mom with a certificate. 
and I could right. be like, hey, dad said yes. You right. cool with this? Right. But until she I, overrides right. and it's like, no, no, no. Until she, go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, once mom, if mom vetoes it, then it's more trouble. You know, it's got to go yeah. back. But if, you know, I go over there with nothing from you, then it's almost 100% going to be no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my mom was super... Your mom sounds a lot like my grandmother. Yeah. And that's why I had asked if she was a single parent. My my uh, my grandfather had um he had went to jail. Yeah. Um and so she was a single parent raising my mom and her brothers and sisters. And um so there was let me see, one, two, three, there was five of them in total. Yeah. So five and this was in Chicago back then when like uh you know, the gangs were starting to become a thing, street thugs and uh-huh. and they lived in a very, you know, poor neighborhood. Right. So my my and my mom tells me these stories of how my grandma was. I'm like, damn, you know, like my 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 grandma, she she uh she was bold. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a G. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. She my was. mom is a G. I mean, I I mean, my mom is man. She's gangster. She's the matriarch of the family of the entire family, and uh, I mean, people, that's special, man. That's yeah, special it's good. super special, and I. And I want nothing more than for Ceci to be around her as much as possible because I want my mom that that the not just the genetics but like the the historical like coding of her personality. I don't know. I don't even know how to like reference it, but I just want her to be in this family for as long as possible, not just physically, but in the characteristics uh, of the way that people act in the family, the way that Ceci is and that she grows up and what she feels is right and wrong. I want I want my mom to be in that. And mm-hmm. so we moved my mom up. She lives with us now and I couldn't be happier having her around. It's so special to see her hang out with Ceci and to, you know, to have her be there. Part of the family is incredible. I, I wish my dad was around because my dad was a special man. He was just a special, special person, but you know that's just not the way that the cards um, laid out, and that's okay. We've got my mom, and she's representing for the whole Juarez clan, and mm-hmm. I'm happy with that, man. It's yeah. it's been an incredible, incredible journey, and the only thing I think about as as far as being a parent is that every I think about everywhere that we came from, and I, I think about the pictures from when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and I remember growing up in Matamoros, Mexico, my mom. Uh, and my dad building a house and pictures of my grandmother the homes that they lived in you know basically like just like sheds with a tin top and mm-hmm. and you know they would my, my mom tells me these crazy stories about you know carrying cornmeal like in a bag across like towns to like feed the family and stuff like that and mm-hmm. I think about where the, our story of our family began and everything that had to happen for us to, for you and me to mm-hmm. be here where mm-hmm. we are and for us to have gotten the starting point that we got. So it's kind of like being on a track and running a race. And you know how they always stagger mm-hmm. the runners? Yeah. Obviously, it, it, it ends up leveling out because you're going in a circle. But I almost feel like if it was just a straight shot and we were staggered at the track, like every one of those is a, like a, uh, not a reflection, but it is a an identifier of where the next generation of our family began mm-hmm. right so my grandma my great-grandparents they might have been that number one lane like way in the back but then you know my parents and then my sister and then there's me and then there'll be Ceci and Ceci's gonna start way ahead of any of us mm-hmm. she's gonna grow up and she's gonna be bilingual 
She's going to go to school in the United States from the start. She's going to probably have more resources. She's actually undoubtedly going to have more resources than any of the other generations of our family before it. And it's incredible to see where she might go from here, where she might take yeah. it, and where her kids will go. Um, that's really that's special always, to me. That's why I always tell my kids when I'm, when I'm getting after them or telling them what to do or what not to do. I tell them, say, hey, you know, this, this is what I'm giving to you as advice from what I've learned over the, the years that I've been around. And my whole goal here is to set you up for success because mm-hmm. I want you to be better at, than me and to achieve more and go further than I did in life. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, you know, it's, I've been telling them that for years, but they really get it, you know, and it's, it's I wish somebody had told me that, mm-hmm. you know, when I was younger. Because yeah. then, then I would have actually listened and, and followed the advice. Right. So, um, you know, my my kids, you know, they're, um, I mean, you could probably you know, identify with that mm-hmm. too. That's just your, your pride and joy. So yeah, no, they're to everything. Do good. She's everything. She's everything to me, and uh, it's. I never thought I could. Ne- I never imagined that I could um, feel that way about anyone. I mean, I. I. It's like you love them more than yourself. Yeah, yeah. you do, and yeah. that's. Uh, it's an impossible. That's, I, it's an impossible that, feeling to even, describe. That's not even like accurately describing the feeling. Just how much? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. it's more than that even. But it's uh, it's been it's incredible journey. We'll see how she grows. I'm waiting for that that age of uh, resentment where it starts turning back the other way. Is it 14? You think? Where it's like, ah, you're not that cool anymore. Mm. Dad. You're kind of dumb. Well, once you get into double digits, yeah, I think you know. But the, the a bit of advice to you: don't mm-hmm. take it personal. Yeah, you know, just like, hey, you know, just roll with it. Yeah, you know, and and. When my my son or my daughter, you know, starts cocking that attitude because mm-hmm. it's gonna happen, I just roll with it. You know, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, like, you, think you still you're you so still cool. you still gotta you still gotta make your bed. You still gotta wash the dishes, and you still gotta bathe the dogs. Like, so what? You know? So okay. <laughs> so then, aside from getting kind of getting back to the real estate thing real uh-huh. quick, because um, I'm curious, I'm always curious to figure. Obviously, you know, I get a little bit about how you were raised and how you grew up. I didn't know that the military background stuff, so that's actually pretty cool to get to know about you. Yeah. But how did all of those life experiences lead you to real estate? Because you you kind of, you have your own business. I mean, you have mm-hmm. your own um, you know, cell phone business that right. I found out about recently, which is awesome. I didn't know that about you either. Maybe you want to tell people about that a little bit, but yeah. you eventually ended up in real estate and you're freaking awesome at it, man. <laughs> I mean, so how did that happen? Well, um, so yeah, I, I've owned the Austin cell phone, and, and maybe people listening to this have have you know done business with yeah. me before in the past. Um, you know, we're located on Lamar and one eighty three, mm-hmm. where that super cuts. It's in that sort of complex right. right there. Before that, we were on Breaker, um, mm-hmm. Breaker and one eighty three. But anyways, so I've been doing that for almost um, seven eight years now. Wow. Okay. Um, and it started off as a hobby. But uh, my whole life, I've always had the entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. And everybody in my family, in my immediate family, I've, I was the only one that always said, you know, I want to be my own boss. And, and being your own boss, to me, is not being rich and, and having a bunch of time, but, but making your, your way through life on your own terms. Mm-hmm. So, um, so with that said, I've always had a passion for real estate, even before... Um, you good? Yeah, okay. okay. 
even before I started the, the cell phone business, I've always, you know, real estate's always intrigued me. I, I always, just the idea of owning your property and it having value and being able to create income on it, you know, for rentals, mm-hmm. you know, a whole nother part of it, has always been something that I'm like, you know, that's, you can, you can drive down the street and see like, you know what, you see that building, that's mine. You know, I own it. Right. And that's, that's to me, that's very powerful. And, then, right. and that's, that's what I sort of convey to people when, when they're making that transition from being a, uh, a renter to a homeowner, it's like, hey, you know, this is something that you're going to build a foundation on to, for a financial wealth, uh, wealth yeah. in yeah. the future. So, uh, so, but my path to real estate, you know, it took a little longer than, than, mm-hmm. than the direct path I should have taken. But, um, mm-hmm. So I, I did the, the cell phone business for as long as I, and I still have it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have, I've been blessed again to have an awesome employee there that's that's managing it for me right. when I'm not around because I, I do right now I do real estate full time right and part time I, I sort of manage and run the back end stuff there right. so uh, it was about two three years ago where mm-hmm. um, you know that that's reoccurring thought of hey I need to get into to real estate I need to figure this out I need to do something about it because mm-hmm. you know through life you're always sort of just kicking the can sometimes and, right like, I need to lose weight Oh yeah, uh, I need to start eating healthier. I, I need to spend more time with the family. I need to you know advance my my career. Right, right. So uh, that mind uh, that that idea kept rolling around in my mind. I'm like, you know what? I just need to do it. So you know, I, I was like, I, I'm one of those people. Well, I haven't always been this way, but but I'm trying to be more like this. Like if I have an idea, just do it. Um, Jump. Do it, it now. Get on it. Yeah. Right. I um I don't know if you do reading, but there's this book, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, by Napoleon Hill that talks about this thing like once you have an idea it's it's like infinite intelligence talking to you you need to do it and and so there was a reason why that kept on kicking around rattling around in my mind is like hey uh, you need to go and do it so I went took the took the uh, the classes the online courses I finished them in two months took the um, the test and passed it my first time and bam it was it was it seemed easier than than it should have been right mm-hmm. but, but i was i was being very extreme about it i was i was committing six hours a day to doing the online module studying and and getting it all done and then i got my license so then you know i, I hooked up with the broke with uh, keller williams when right. i first started and uh realized it wasn't what i thought it was going to be because right. just because of the where i was at right um but then you know that's sort of like the the, the path i took and and um in hindsight it was the best decision that I could have made at that point in my life because you know, I love where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I love what I do, and uh, I'm going to continue to do this. Is, this is my future. Yeah. You know? There's a, a Chinese proverb that I think it's uh, – God, I'm going to butcher it. It's going to sound so stupid. But it's uh, I think I want to say is the best time to plant a tree uh, was 10 years ago. The second mm-hmm. best time is now. Yeah. And I think that's how it goes. I forget. If anybody wants to look it up, I love that. I love that it saying makes a lot of sense, because yeah. it makes perfect sense. I mean, we spend so much time. It's kind of goes with what I was talking to you about doing this podcast and doing the social media stuff. Is that I spend so much time thinking about like I need to do this, I need to do that, and I just wasn't doing it. And then finally, I was just like, I'm freaking doing this. Like I'm, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna start scheduling it and getting people in here and seeing how it goes. Not that concerned about it being perfect, but I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad that I did. But yeah, I mean that that moment or that uh, that part of our life when we decide to finally do something i think is what a lot of uh agents um or prospective agents struggle with lenders as well people that are wanting to go into mortgage the mortgage industry 
struggle with is making the plunge to finally say, I'm going to do this full time and Commit putting, to it. committing to it. Yeah. And I spoke to Lisa about it when she was in here before, and I feel like I'll talk to everyone about it because it is, I think, the, um, it is the moment. I feel like people really discover whether it is for them or not is when they determine that they are now going all in on this dream, on this goal, whether they're going to be agents or really anything else, build their own business for, you know, mm-hmm. Austin cell phone, for example, or whatever it is. I mean, it, it isn't, you, I don't think that you could possibly find success in any of those goals or dreams that you have without deciding that you're going to go all in on something. And, and it's cons- being consistent. And being consistent with right. it. Right. Yeah, well, because trust me, I've had those sleepless nights that you were talking about earlier with the cell phone business and with the real estate thinking like the self-doubt sort of creeps into your mind and oh yeah you're like i don't know if this is for me and it's a lot easier to quit than to keep moving forward but that's what in the end is going to make you successful or not and a lot of that sort of back ties in back to your commitment uh to your family right because now it's not just you that's failing or retreating or, or giving up. You're you're doing that on your family too. Because let's say for example, that one time in October that you were you know stressed out because you hadn't closed any deals. Right. You had given up. Well, then you're letting your family down. Right. right. And and that right there is the motivator for you to just keep on pushing forward. You know, like you can't have that happen. There's um another cool I'm full of sayings today but you just said it right now and it just made me think about it is the whole idea of like quitting or failing or whatever the case is Mm -hmm. Um, you watch the UFC at all? yeah okay you know who Kale Sonnen is? no he's like he's a commentator he's like you know big time fighter but he's Mm -hmm. he's retired now and there's this cool saying that he has it says that um, something to the effect of that people try to convince you that when you go after the things that you love or you go after these like big goals that failure is not an option right they say that 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 saying gets said a lot mm-hmm. and he's like but let me tell you he's like failure is an option he's like mm-hmm. it's an option every single day that you get up mm-hmm. you have the choice to fail or to succeed he's like but remember that at the end of the day it is a choice mm-hmm. you have a choice in whether you're going to succeed or whether you're going to fail. And I feel like people forget that a lot of the times that if you are committed to an idea and you're committed to the things that you want to accomplish, so long as you're choosing every day to keep working towards those goals, that you can find success and and you have to be willing to risk everything to accomplish the things that you want. Um, I I just don't see that there's any other way, right? Right. Um, Well, one of the things that I don't know where I heard it from, but that's made a profound impact on me is like, you can't, it's impossible for you to fail if you don't quit. Right. Right. So, um, you might have setbacks, but if you just keep on it, keep on, get, if you get up, brush yourself off and keep on going, you're not going to fail. Right. You know, you keep on doing that. It's, it's impossible for you to fail because eventually you're going to get it right. Right. You know, it's like the whole Thomas Edison thing, like Mm -hmm. 10,000, Right, time light bulb before you finally got the light bulb. Right, right? if he could have quit at number two hundred or nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, exactly, quit right before he got right. it. Right, we all still be burning candles, but yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, but you know, that's just that's all that stuff comes with uh, wisdom and experience and uh, mm-hmm. living life. 
So what is some advice that you could think of giving to um, like realtors in particular, like speaking to people that are getting started, um, that are thinking about whether they want to do this? Or, you know what I find a lot are um, people that are in the middle of, they have a full-time job, uh -huh. W-2 salary, but they're doing real estate on the side. And they're kind of going back and forth and they're really thinking about doing this. Um, they don't really know what to do or how to do it, but they, mm -hmm. they really want it. And I've, I always am curious about, I don't know, what people went through before they finally decided, hey, screw it, I'm pulling the trigger, I'm doing it. Well, there's so many different ways to, to get business mm -hmm. in real estate. And so me being, uh, and, and I also have a background in, mm -hmm. in online marketing and building websites and all that stuff. So that's yep. my, sort of my specialty. So that's that's how I'm building my business now. But um, mm -hmm. one of the, uh, I guess, advices I would give to somebody is that um, be yourself, you mm -hmm. know, when, when you're talking to people. Because, you know, the people who you're talking to, they're real people too. And they're gonna yeah, people they're, forget that they're gonna um, they're gonna know when you're you're BSing them. Yeah. You know, right? And so, one of the mistakes I made was okay when I talk to somebody, I'm gonna try to be like the super professional, like uh, we go sweat, right? <laughs> and and, and that, no, 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 not that. But but well, yeah, look dressed yeah. down, right? And, you know, suit and all that stuff, and and uh, try to sound like I'm I'm this professional real estate, you know, and and all that stuff, right? And, I wasn't connecting with people. Right? Yeah. It didn't work. And so like, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, like, yeah. I'm, let me be, I'm still going to be professional, provide, mm -hmm. you know, a very high quality of service. service. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be me. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, let them know, say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. Right. You know, like, like what's going on? Like, tell yeah. me what you're thinking. Yeah. Let's, let's talk this through, you know, and, and, uh, connect with them, uh, on that level. Yeah. Then, and people start to open up and they realize, Hey, this guy is real is real too like he's not just a salesperson right and that guard comes down and um the trick is is to to be able to do that consistently because everybody's different dang yeah. man let me tell you something that i could not freaking this is why we work so much together man for real because i went through something similar i don't know if i ever told you this before but i used to wear suits all the time to the, to the office and ties and i would go into work all like that all the time I just started recognizing, obviously people are coming to see a person that's going to handle their finances. They're already on edge because mm -hmm. we're asking them for all kinds of information. We're asking them for, I mean, we might as well be asking them for a vial of blood <laughs> before we lend them money. Right. And we're asking them all of this info. They're on edge. Um, and then you're in a suit and they're like in their casual clothes. They just got out of work or they came with their kids and their family. Mm -hmm. And I felt the same thing. I felt like I, I just don't, we're not connecting and I don't want my clients to feel like they're going to some big stuffy office uh, bank financial institution um, to sign their life away I want them to know that you know I want them to know the truth I'm a, fa I'm a family guy too I live here locally in Austin I care about your future I care about the decisions that you make and and I want you to know that I'm a real I'm a real person too that's why we that's why we got this smaller office here that's why we've got you know this room that we're meeting our clients with because we wanted to make it feel like home we want people to feel comfortable and I feel like that's a huge mistake that I also made early on in my career was going for that kind of suit and tie uh, ultra high-end business um, you right. know and you do it with mentality. best intentions you do it with best intentions yeah. for sure but but you start learning 
I think all of us go through that period in our in our career where we start learning what is important to us and we want what we want to represent. For some people, undoubtedly, that is what they want to be, and it works for them. They love it, mm-hmm. and they and it just that's who they are. Fantastic, awesome. But I think you're right on the right on the money when you say that you just need to be yourself, mm-hmm. um, because the people that appreciate that are going to gravitate to you, and the people that aren't won't and that's fine at the end of the day you're going to be working with people that want to work with you and that appreciate the mindset and the the approach that you take I I sort of like one of the um, additions to that and being yourself if if yourself is like you're only in it for the money well then don't be yourself (laughs) right Um, you got to genuinely care about these people and and want their goals to to, to come true and and, and to do whatever you can for that Um, if if your mindset is coming into this real estate is you want that commission check, right? right. You wanna you wanna sell homes, mm-hmm. you wanna you know live the big life. How like some of it's being portrayed out mm-hmm. there. Then and it's not for you. It's not, you're gonna have to change your your mentality and, and work on that. Not that you can't be successful, but people are gonna pick up on that. There's, there's some there's there's some kind of unspoken communication going on when you're talking to somebody, and they can sort of just tell just based off your body language that you know you're not being genuine right so that's a big part of it too yeah i mean the the genuine part for sure and um right now you said the whole portrayal thing i i wanted to add that i remember i don't know what what kinds of ads or or recruiting is done in real estate you know from other companies oh, i get called all the time yeah? yeah like trying to get you to go to their brokerages yeah. and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i wasn't sure if that happens to realtors too but it happens to lenders all the time i mean you get called all the time about would you be interested in you know joining our mortgage company or whatever all the time all the time and there's this one company i won't name it um and uh, they have this ridiculous commercial ridiculous commercial for loan for loan officers that they send out and it's like a I don't know it's like sort of like a day in the life of or a, a loan officer mm-hmm. and it's this guy and he's driving in a Porsche right and he's like wind in his hair driving in a Porsche mm-hmm. he gets off walks into like this multi-million dollar house in Austin and then like he does his pitch line and it's like you want to work with us you know multi-million dollar homes jumbo whatever, are they being whatever. serious are yes serious? this is a legit commercial i thought you were like explaining like, no being, like, this is okay. real this is real like uh, this was this see that would turn me off like right away yeah and so i i remember seeing that and thinking like like barf like right. who who gravitates to that what people gravitate to that and there are somebody's sure. got to otherwise they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it out. yeah just like just like how you like it's like the whole the, the real estate person uh professional that's all about the money right those guys are out there too girls and gals yeah, sure. guys and girls yeah know? like um and i run into them all the time but you know it, if it works for them yeah i mean yeah i mean, yeah, I mean you're right it, it yeah. works for it's definitely working for somebody for lots of people i bet Mm-hmm. Um, and you just you know you make your choice about the type of professional that you want to be and you go with it stick to to what you know and who you are but I remember seeing that and just being like good grief what yeah. is that not only not only because it doesn't fit with the way that I believe that business should be done but also because I was thinking like whose loan officer life is that like you're in a Porsche all day and you're just driving around going to million multi-million dollar houses yeah I'm like I'm sitting my ass in my office half the day like actually not half the day like 12 hours of the day just working on different like numbers and trying to figure out how to like mm-hmm. find solutions for people and a part of me was like 
wow that is the most unrealistic thing i think i've ever seen in my life but mm. anyway yeah yeah i mean uh, um at the end of the day uh i think people hopefully will take the time um to really kind of evaluate whether that move is for them um the podcast isn't always you know directed to them i just feel like at least these first two i've been talking a lot about that because of what's been going on with my sister and her quitting her job and making the plunge and just going for it mm. uh, it's a topic that's been coming up and i hope that if you're listening out there and you're thinking about going into real estate and and or going into it full time or anything else that's going on in your life maybe some of you are out there that really are looking for a career change and want something new you know believe in yourself and believe in what you want out of your life and and make a commitment to uh, that path and freaking go for it jump in like stop dipping your toe in the water to see how cold it is just jump in the damn pool and go after it um, I, I hope that some of you out there do for sure mm-hmm. but Alfonso thank you for your time we're about an hour and 12 in absolutely you've uh, beat my all-time longest podcast now yeah the other one was 59 minutes at 112 <laughs> all right so we'll see how it goes in the future i'm gonna it keep doing that these. long it's no, not just, at all. Uh, time warped I, yeah I'm, I'm gonna keep doing these i'm gonna keep stuff. doing Thank these God. and i think maybe next time what we can do is come back and and pick something specific to talk to people about there are so many like so many things that we could talk to people about in terms of education yeah some of the podcasts i just want people to to get to know some of the partners that i have get to know your personalities get to know what you're about and where you're from and and um, and just try to make it uh, entertaining and have people uh, connect with other people that are out there. Mm-hmm. And then others, I want to make them maybe a little bit more straightforward educational mm-hmm. that people in the industry would be more interested in listening to or people that are looking to purchase a home could benefit from us doing a podcast that's strictly on you know the process, what happens from yeah. the moment they go under contract or the moment they start looking. So that people can get more educated, make better decisions, and and understand what this uh, what this home buying process is all about. So yeah. hopefully we can do that uh, in the future. Absolutely, I'm down. Well, thanks, brother. I'm gonna cut it off. Thanks again. Have a great day, everybody. Um, enjoy each other. Spend some time with your family. Love you guys. Bye. See ya.